Hello, Latinos in clinical research. Welcome to another monthly Zoom meetup. We do these every month. We do them for free. We do them to highlight other people just like you who are doing things in the industry. We do them to encourage others to either get started in the industry or advance their careers in the industry or do something different in the industry. Today, we've got special guest Marcel Ruiz. He's Dr. Ruiz. He's an international medical graduate from Bolivia, but he grew up in California. He grew up a 49er fan, just like me. And he's here to share his story of how he got started, um, the, the struggle it took, what, the route he chose. But before all that, because right now, Marcel Ruiz is a clinical project coordinator for a large CRO, which is basically a precursor to a project manager. And we're going to get into where Marcel wants to go in the future. Um, but let's start with like high school. You're graduating high school. What did you have planned for your career, college? Let's start from like the very beginnings. Okay. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, well, hi, everyone. Um, it's great to be on today. I, I truly appreciate uh, the time that you guys are taking to have me on today um uh so back let's start back um back in high school um i really um i didn't know i wanted to study medicine um i just kind of had a um i knew i wanted to be in in uh in healthcare um so uh high school actually just like you're mentioning i, I grew up in california so i went to uh high school in uh in a in a in a city called San Jose, San Jose, California. Um, after graduating, um, I actually worked for a few years, um, you know, just a uh, bunch of sales jobs, not nothing. Um, I didn't have any plans on going uh, to college after high school, um, but then I did have an opportunity um, that presented to me. Um, so my dad uh, mentioned that I can, I can go to, uh, go to Bolivia, um, and, uh, study whatever I wanted to study down there. And so I, I you know, I chose to stu study medicine. Um, so went down, uh, to Bolivia, graduated, uh, in 2016. Um, I stayed and I worked, uh, for a couple of years as a, uh, emergency, uh, doctor or emergency room physician attending at, uh, one of the hospitals in San Borja, which is in, uh, the state of El Beni in, in, in Bolivia. And um, from there, I decided to come back uh, to the U.S., but um, not after starting a family, getting married and, uh, you know, starting a family down there. And then I decided to come back uh, to the U.S. Um, so, yeah, and then now I'm here. Um, and I've been uh, pretty much ever since that I, I came back, I've been... Um, the original plan was to, to go into residency. Um, since I am a, a international medical graduate, mm -hmm. I did have plans on um, pursuing residency and uh, continue my training down here. Um, but then again, I had to, I kind of had to take a a tough you know decision in my life, uh, having a, having a family, um, you know, my daughter being born. I. Um, I kind of had to make a choice, right? And um, it wasn't that hard for me. I kind of, I chose, I can always put, 
my training um, out in the future. You know, I can always put that on hold. But um, missing out on the first years of my of my daughter's life is something that you're not going to not going to get back. Um, so it wasn't that hard of a decision for me. And um, so I, I immediately started uh, working um, as soon as I got back when we, we came back here to the U.S. Um, yeah, I came back to the U.S., uh, started working. I, I got uh, I got a job as a uh, medical interpreter. Actually, that's how my career started here in the U.S. Uh, in healthcare. Um, I felt that it was something that I was uh, qualified to do. I just kind of, I kind of fell into the role. To, Who were you working? Honest. Was it uh, your own business, or you worked for I was, a practice? I was working independently. I was an independent contractor. I did work for a company based out of, um, I believe it was in. Uh, I forget the city. It's it's by it's in Southern California. They're based in L.A., I believe. Okay. And um, but I did ten, you know did independent contract work. I would get called in for you know different, um, you know different type of jobs depending on what uh, what facility or what clinic needed my help or you know needed an interpreter that day. I get the job offers and I you know choose to accept them whether or not they uh, you know if I if I wanted to take on the job. Um, so I did that for, uh, I did that for about a year and a half, a year and a half. And then, um, COVID hit and, uh, you know, things kind of, the calls stopped coming in as regularly as they were originally coming in. Um, you know, so I, I was looking at different alternatives, um, for work. So I, I, um, I was able to get a job, an opportunity as um, as an over-the-phone interpreter. So that, that gave me um, the ability to be remote. I started working from home, but now I no longer am tied to uh, just one particular area. I was able to move around, and um, I decided to come down to where I'm at now currently, which is uh, Texas. I'm in Dallas, Texas. So I had the opportunity ah, to come moved. down here. Okay. Yeah, I moved from California. I'm, I'm living right now in Dallas. And wait, you're one of the people well. that left California last year. Woo. Yes, I did. <laughs> so Ashley came through. So you're so hey, you guys. you moved to Texas. Yes. And then I imagine clinical research. Like when? How did you discover this? Because you were IMG. So you were yes. studying medicine. They don't necessarily <laughs> teach research. They and then not. you came back, well, medical translator. So how did you even come across clinical research? That's a great question. Um, the way I came across research is when I came uh, down to Dallas, Texas, I actually um, got hired at one of the, um, I'm going to say the largest um, academic medical center in the Dallas Fort Worth area as an interpreter. Um, so I got it. I, I got hmm. the job as an interpreter, but it was at a really large research hospital. Right. And they're really big on research at this. Was that uh, Baylor? Um, UT Southwestern. Okay. I had just yeah. left UT Southwestern too when we had uh, been introduced. So it's pretty interesting. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was working at UT and uh, I mean, they're really big on research down there at any given moment. There's hundreds, if not thousands of clinical trials, I think going on. Um, and, um, I would, you know, I, I was getting called into all the different areas within the medical center you know, I'd get called into like ED, the ICU surgery centers. 
um, the cancer centers, and then we would get called in a lot for um, the clinical trials that were going on, right? And a lot of it, a lot of the times we get called in to get to consent the patients during the consenting oh, uh, process. No one know what they like, Ruben, so I didn't want to change Wait, yes, wait, so. hold on. Let me meet. <laughs> so, Marcel, actually, let me ask you a question on that. So, did you have to get know these studies and the consents because you didn't know which one you were going to called into, or you kind of knew ahead of time that you were going to cons- help with the we, consent? We did not know ahead of time. We oh. did not know ahead of time. Um, we would get called in, and then um, that's kind of how I learned about. Uh, you know, you kind of at, at when I went in the first couple of times, it was a little bit hard. Um, mainly because medical terminology is so vast, even me as a doctor, I, I do have, you know, you know, pretty good medical terminology, but a lot of terms that they use in research um, are, are, are quite different. And, um, you know, but you, you get that with the experience of, of doing it. And um, so um, there is a lot of, you know, a lot of our calls were for that to co- go in and consent um, or you know, doctors doing uh, physical examinations, doing assessments, um, the coordinators, you know, whatever they would need, we, we would get called in uh, to be in there and be with the patient. So I found that very, very interesting, right? Uh, you know, I, I was, I never really got exposure to uh, industry funded um, uh, clinical trials, right? For like a new oncology, uh, a, new, a new pharmaceutical that was uh, being developed. So this was all very new to me and really, really interesting. One of the things that really kind of, you know, sparked my interest was this is seen as a, you know, as an alternative treatment option for a lot of these patients, right? Well, all these patients, especially in oncology, um, you know, it's a, it's a great option to, to be part of a clinical trial and um, to have this treatment uh, not only, you know, benefit some of these patients, but also have no cost at all. So that's something that really sparked my interest in, um, in research. And I think that was around that time. That's when I started to investigate doing my own uh, research on how can I become, how can I come be part of, of research? And I ran into, um, you know, I did with what anybody, what any typical person would do. I, you know, start looking on YouTube and, and Google and uh, lo and behold, I ran into Dan's uh, videos and um, yeah, and that's, that's when I started. Um, I started I started going down the rabbit hole. That's good. Yeah. Who would think who in their right mind would think that YouTube is a <laughs> place where people go it, look for you stuff? Know, you know what? It's great. It's, it's, it's a great, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be telling one day my, my grandchildren and my great grandchildren <laughs> that we had this tool before where you'd get this education. <laughs> free, but you know, you can, Right. You know what? And, and, you, you know, I have and a quick... we didn't. We didn't have to pay for it, right? They're watching <laughs> you. They're watching you right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you said this happened around COVID, so this is barely like last year that mm-hmm. all this happened. Yes. Like, yes. Probably twenty twenty, right? Very, okay. Yeah, very quickly. This all happened. Uh, let's see. I started uh, working at my current role this year in May, and uh, I'm going to say that I started reaching out to Dan and Ashley and. I believe it was in December or January. Yeah, of- it was December. December. At least when we started yeah. speaking. Yeah. So Ashley, walk us through. How did you go? <laughs> Everybody wants to know the magic, you know, of how you went to um, clinical project coordinator. 
which by the way, you don't need an IMG degree for. That's just uh, one yes. of many things you can do in research. And by and I guess we can talk later about what your goals are long term, but how did you get in? Like that's a hard, not necessarily easy role to get into. Yeah. So um I the way I got in was, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary I had to to apply. But first I, I watched a lot of your content and um from there I saw a video where Ashley was on and she was going in more detail about her uh resume review and LinkedIn. Uh, services that she offered uh, tailored to people looking to break into clinical research. So I figured, you know what, this is, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to reach out. And, um, you know, and I, and I don't regret it. I mean, it, it really, um, I worked with Ashley from there. Um, she really kind of whipped me into shape <laughs> <laughs> to get what I needed to, you know, focus, you know, to, to get all my transferable skills in order and um you know just kind of guide me on on the right path Uh, along with the your videos um uh, one of the things that one of the problems that i ran into even though i have you know uh uh, a background in 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 healthcare um, i don't have any clinical research experience right so that's one of the things that um you know you're going to get asked in most of the roles that you apply for even for a lot of entry level roles they still mm-hmm. require that you have some type of clinical research experience and i remember one of the things that stuck out to me was okay well uh, in one of your videos what you can do is just reach out volunteer volunteer and I, and you know what i i i really believe in the power of going out and actually just you know putting yourself out there and try to see if you can offer something right offer something to the sites to you know investigators to to somebody because um that's a great way volunteering is a great way to get some experience and 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 learn as well who do who did you volunteer with um i did a couple of um since i was at uh the hospital i um you know that that was a really great place to be um in terms of being able to network um so i did reach out to a lot of the pis um, a lot of the doctors that were conducting uh, clinical trials and, um, you know, I would reach out to them, ask them, um, since they knew me, we had a work relationship. I would go in and consent. I would, uh, you know, I'd approach them and ask them if they needed me to come in, you know, I, I can come in on this day and maybe help you, uh, consent some more patients or interpret for you. Um, I, you know, and I'd love to maybe learn a little bit more about what you guys do. And, you know, after about, you know, the first like 10 doctors that I reached out to were like, no, no, can't do it until finally I got one that, um, accepted. Right. And she was very, um, actually happy to have me on, uh, to help out. And so, um, yeah, I did that. And then after that, I had, uh, two more PIs that, you know, I, I continued to try to reach out to get, uh, just to get more experience. And so I did that for about, I'm going to say about five months, four to five months. I worked on different, different, uh, trials, uh, and different uh, therapeutic areas um, in the hospital. And then from there, I felt comfortable enough to um, try and uh, to break branch out and, and actually apply to uh, apply to, to, to jobs uh, in clinical research. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I mean, so glad you're mentioning all that. Sorry, Ashley, go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> you go money out um, later. 
Yes, I'm glad that you're mentioning all that because, uh, uh, I mean, Dan keeps on repeating on videos. We repeated on videos, but uh, we never really had somebody that actually <laughs> put it in practice and, 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 and come Hand here. Knows. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> how do you... It made a lot of sense. It, I mean, it really made a lot of sense what you said. It's how do you get experience if you have no experience? I mean, the best way to do it is go out and offer. Make it. Yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah. Make it. Yeah. So yeah, you, like, how do you get well, over it? Like 10 people, you don't take it personally, I'm guessing, but when 10 people tell you no and you're a doctor. Yeah, it's a little yourself, disappointing. <laughs> yeah. How do you not have the ego to say, well, I'm over this, you know, I'm going to do something else. Um, you, you just have to keep, I mean, you have to keep your, your goals in mind, right? The end, what's the, what's the end goal, right? What do you, where do you want to be? And in, in order to get to that point, you're going to, I mean, you're going to have a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of no's, but as long as you, you persist, I think that, um, there's always, you know, a light at the end. If you just keep going, right. Be persistent. So yeah. what's the, what's the magical skill that Ashley, how do you, no. you said transferable skills. So what exactly like give three things for LICR people. Like how, what does that mean? And in your case, like what were three transferable skills that you put on your resume to get the research job? Um, I, I don't remember what I put on my resume. Um, it, it has changed now. So I, I don't remember. That's good though. Um, <laughs> Actually, you got to remember somebody got to. No, I will. I mean, if you want, Marcel, I can. I can step in. I remember a bit of, of yeah. the background. Yeah, that'd be great. So, so uh, I remember Marcel. He he reached out, and we actually spoke on the phone almost about I think an hour and a half. Um, he gave me the background of him, and and you know what he was looking to do, and something that I want to mention here is that. You know, I get asked a lot to have phone calls and to talk about, you know, what people want or what they need from me, et cetera. But I really like that Marcel actually was talking about his his life and, you know, why he came to the U.S. and all of that stuff. So it really gave me, you know, a feel to really want to help. Right. Because uh, sometimes getting asked all the time, you know, it can it, it can be tiresome no matter, you know, what kind of things you offer or help people with. And um the fact that he had translation uh, background was was really uh, was really great, but in this case, I know Martin Marcel, your your one of your concerns is that you know, well, I'm not a physician here in the U.S., but I am a physician, and I don't have research background, but you know, I I really know I could do the job, and it was about making sure that you took the skill sets that you have, regardless of what job you have. Um, doesn't you don't have to have it in clinical industry, you don't have to have it you know, um, specific, like hands-on acute care or anything like that, you can be an accountant, you can be an administrator of whatever. The point being is that, you know, almost every job has, you know, quality assurance in some level has some type of project management. If you, you know, did your best to do your best and actually help out and do certain assignments and things like that on your own. I mean, there's so many ways that you can word the things we do, but we, I feel like uh, us, especially, you know, as you're, if you're not in your want career, you tend to look at work as, you know, work and not necessarily something that you improve on and like your passion or your goal or anything like that. So you're not really focusing on what you're doing day to day. It's more of a just a mundane cycle. But really what you're doing is you are breaking down processes. You're building up processes. You are assisting people with their concerns and any issues they might have. You are 
communicating and having teamwork on a daily basis. It's finding these little things that you do and rewarding them to match what it is that is needed within the research industry. So um, everybody has it. It's just knowing how to word it. And, and I think something that we did for Marcel was um, while you were going through the, the scenario of trying to uh, apply, I think you, uh, your concern was that you wanted to kind of jump on it pretty quick, but I had told you that it's best for you to continue to get the exposure, continue to volunteer and build up your certifications while you're doing that. So by the time you, you know, get into the industry officially, you know, you would have a really great foundation to not only get the job, but negotiate for a really a pay that is definitely, you know, for your worth, right? Because you have a lot to offer. And I mean, I mean, anybody does, especially if they really want this industry. So um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Marcel still networks. He comes on the live yeah. streams and chats and gives other people advice who are asking questions. That's how you network. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, that was my main concern because a lot of people, they, they're in the same situation as you, but they give up maybe after asking one person to intern, uh, and you just, you didn't stop, you know, 10 and then finally you got one and then you utilized Ashley and her, her CV skills and LinkedIn skills to kind of transfer your skills over, um, which I think everybody needs to do like whatever job you want even if you're already in research and you want another job you're gonna have to change your resume it's not can't be the same resume that you've been using if it's a different role yeah i'm sorry Sorry. go ahead ahead. another thing that i saw marcel doing a lot was uh sharing uh job opportunities sharing because in some point i was seeing marcel on my feet every day what were you yeah. posting what were it, you doing i was posting a lot i was commenting a lot um just you know trying to put myself out there um one of the things that really made a huge difference was working with ashley and she showed me how to do that right how to optimize my link how to use linkedin as a tool because before i had i mean i had a linkedin but i just didn't know its full capabilities until after, um, you know, going, you know, really optimizing it. And um, I, you know, I still have opportunities coming to me through LinkedIn. So it's, oh, a, it's okay. a great, it's a great resource. Um, it's a really great tool to use and, and to fully take advantage of. That's awesome. That's so glad to hear that it's like, you know, still, you know, providing you a lot of resources. That's, that's a great, I mean, I, yes. I haven't really been on it as much as I should be, but yeah, that's super awesome. Um, no, it's, it's a great tool. Yes. I always oh. tell people with LinkedIn, I mean, once you're in, you're in, and then yeah. you, you're in for two years, you're already like a veteran of this industry. So then if you start using LinkedIn, eventually become a thought leader. It's not that difficult. It's like maybe 12 people consistently posting about research, maybe 20. Now it's not that hard. They don't, you know, most people don't use LinkedIn the right way. Most people spam message, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I'm looking for a job. I mean, that that's not going to work. What Marcel did is what's going to work. And I think I need to actually interview you separately just on that topic alone, because that's like an hour long topic right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, definitely. 
Awesome. So uh, I'm curious, Marcel, what is, um, I know that we had spoke previously at what your goals were that at that point. And as you're saying, you know, your resume is changing, which is great because it should be. Um, what are your goals? You know, like now that you're in the industry, you know, you have the background you have, um, where do you see yourself going with this? You know, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, you know, and I'm still, um, I'm still learning a lot within research. Um, I realize that research is, it, it's, you know, it's a really big industry, right? And there's a lot of different things you can do within clinical research. Um, in the beginning, I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, you kind of had one path, which was uh, to go down and to be a CRA. And CRA was kind of like the end, end point or the end game, but there's mm -hmm. so many different different paths within clinical research. Um, so right now I'm not really, uh, I'm still trying to learn as much as I can. I'd really like to, to master my craft or, you know, really get to know what I'm doing now. Um, and then from there, um, I'll, I think I'll have a better perspective on where, where I want to be or where I want to head off into. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I'd, I'd truly love to be eventually, I think my goal is long-term, um, uh, you know, definitely would like to get into something more, um, more along the lines where I'd have to use my, uh, medical background. So maybe medical monitoring. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's probably the, the long-term goal, short-term goal. I, I don't know. It could be, you know, eventually could become a CRA as well. Right. Um, so all that right now, um, you know, I'd still, I'd have to, take a little bit more time to uh really to think about that and see where i want to head you get options Marcel? because you could be yeah. a sub i and uh you know you could be a sub i that could lead to medical monitor or, yeah, or cra can lead there yeah or you go have... back to the sites you know if i if i really want to have more patient interaction that's you know that's a great um you know a great option as well um, or even or you, becoming a coordinator. You can even be a raider. You can open your own site. Yeah. Or open up a site. <laughs> yeah. Right. Correct. Yeah. Endless. There, there's endless. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of options. And I, you know, one, once I got into uh, working for a global CRO, that's I got to see all the different roles and like you get to see all the moving parts during a clinical trial and what what everybody uh, you know what everybody does. And um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities in research. Marcel, uh, could you please tell us a little bit about the clinical project coordinator role? Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad to. Um, so I, my, my title is clinical project coordinator. Um, what I do is I am, I'm actually part of the project management team so I, I assist the project manager, uh, clinical project manager, and I also work with uh, clinical monitoring services. Um, um, so I help out, uh, I assist the, uh, the, the CRA or the monitor. Um, and uh, I work on, you know, do, I'm delegated a lot of tasks that the project manager um, typically uh, does, um, you know, it could be timelines, could be uh, regulatory uh, submissions, um, I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, I create the trackers. Um, I also attend all the, uh, all the, uh, telephone conferences with the sponsor, with the, um, uh, with the sites. So I, I, I do a lot of different things. Um, I also help the monitor, like I said, with, uh, 
you know, if they need anything, uh, like usually it's, it's, um, it's collecting regulatory documents from the sites. So um, sending them out beforehand, making sure that the ISF packet's out as well um, so that um, the monitor has, uh, you know, less time on site. So we just kind of, um, you know, make it, make their time more efficient while they're on site. Um, a, a lot of other things as well. TMF, I, I do a lot of, uh, I, I, I have to create the, uh, for every study, I'm in um, pretty much the person in charge of uh, the CTMS and uh, also ETMF filing. Um, so, you know, we do a lot of different, a lot of different wow, things, but it's, it's, um, but it's, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a kind of a cross between an in-house CRA and also a, um, I think a CTA. I mm-hmm. think that's probably well, the you're best. gaining a lot, a lot of experience. Yeah. Yes. And, and, yes. and I also it's a great role. To, I wanted to mention that you, you uh, in your uh, linking, you have a lot of certifications. So from the ACRP, from uh, CT, and uh, your GCPs, uh, I mean, you name it, you have plenty of those certifications. Did you yes. do all of them before you actually start doing research as part of building your experience and knowledge? Yes, all and these it, certifications. And, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, and if you did, uh, did it work? I mean, it's, it's, it's actually uh, help you to, to I mean, to, um, to build your CV. Um, yes, I did all these before I... I even applied to my first uh, job. So um, I did, um, you know, and all these certifications that I did, I did online and uh, most, I think most of them were free. I think the only ones that I had to pay for, which I, I you know, I didn't pay for the, co- the course, but I did pay for an ACRP um, uh, membership. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, yeah, that, I think that's the only one. And all the rest of them are just, um, you know, I, I saw from uh, you know a lot of videos, the videos that Dan put, puts out, right? He he has um, a lot of videos that, that explain. You can take this. Uh, I don't think that maybe that's a good video to do. You know, have one that that ex, you know tells you all the different courses you can take at one time. But I think I saw him across a lot of different videos where yeah, okay, and I would write it down. Okay, yeah, that's a free course. I'm gonna take that one. And then um, also speaking to Ashley, she recommended that. Um, that I look up ACRP, uh, SOCRA, because they offer a lot of different, um, a lot of different courses, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, the GCP certification that I got, GCP, and um, a, a, the ones that I did from the city program were actually offered to me from my, um, from my uh, old employer at the hospital. So they, they provided that training to me for free. Um, uh, just because I wanted to volunteer as a in clinical research that, you know, you're required to actually go through all these, um, you know, you have to go through GCP um, at minimum. So uh, that was offered to me and the rest, I pretty much looked up and, and did it on my own. But I think even uh, your GCP certification, you can, you can, there are sites where, you know, you can still get it for free. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I would say that it did help me land my job because it was something that came up um, as a question, you know, interview question for the, you know, I remember in, in the role that I'm in now, it was definitely one of the questions. Um, you know, they asked me something along the lines of, uh, so um, where did you get your certifications? What, um, you know, and they just asked me about it, right? 
and they saw they saw that I that I had all that, and I think it did make an impact. Awesome. Something I I actually would like to hear um, because I know from my own clients as well as being aware of the CRA and CRC Academy, there are a lot of students um, or and individuals that we we come across right that. Um, or international physicians, right, that are looking to get in the yes. industry, that also are concerned, right, about, you know, their abilities to get in the industry, or just in general, how to manage with their degree. And so, um, how did you feel prior to, um, you know, just getting into the industry itself? How did you feel about what exactly you would be doing um, as a as a, a medical doctor from the international medical doctor? And now that you're in the industry, you know, how does that make you feel now, right? Your capabilities of what you can do and, and the span of those opportunities. Yeah, I, I feel that a lot of um, international medical graduates don't know that uh, clinical research is is an option for them, right? You, you typically, as an IMG, your, your goal is to, when you, you know, you come down uh, to the U.S., your goal, you know, obviously is to get into residency, but there's a lot of IMGs that that choose not to do that route. And then you're kind of stuck with a, a, a medical degree and you're like, okay, what, what can I do? Right. What are my options? What other career paths can I take? And um, you know, you're what's typically put out there is, okay, you can, you can, um, and, and there's other different routes. It really depends on what your goals are and what you want to be. And, and if you want to get into um, you know, I, I know other IMGs that went down the uh, nursing uh, NP fast track, right. And they became uh, nurse practitioners or PAs, um, but my my personal goals were were not that right. It didn't align with what I wanted. I wanted to get into clin- clinical research. Uh, now to break in, um, I I didn't really know what to expect at first. I you know watching a lot of uh, Dan's videos and contents kind of really you know you 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 get a feel for what what to expect, right? So um, I think it's a great tool that you know Dan puts out, I mean, a lot of content that he puts out there. And I think it's a great tool for somebody to get kind of like that exposure to clinical research, get an idea, get a feel, see if it's something that, you know, you want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it's also, a, it'd also be a good option to, you know, I really, I really like what, what's, what you guys do with um, Latinos in clinical research, which is um, you guys are trying to bring out the message, um, you know, try to, uh, bring awareness to uh, research um, to a lot of, uh, you know, I would say a lot of IMGs probably watch this channel, you know, or, or, or at least are, are looking into research. And, they, and if they run into this channel, then, you know, I hope, you know, they can come across my story and maybe, you know, get some inspiration and, and find a, you know, see how, what my uh, path was to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And I, um, having seen, you know, cause I, initially was wanting to go the medical route when I was in college, um, you know, but I was from a rural area from the border, right? So I saw, I, I worked with a lot of international medical doctors um, that would come over and do radiology or, you know, things like that. And, um, you know, I, when I learned about what research could do, um, and more specifically that brought it to my attention when we actually had our first initial call, um, I realized how much research could actually do a lot for uh, international medical doctors, but vice versa, where, you know, y'all could do a lot for research, right? Because uh, one of our biggest concerns is translation, 
right? I mean, that's part of one of the biggest things we talk about here on LACR. And not only that, but I personally think that as a medical doctor, no matter where you're from, right, or where you get your degree, you're a medical doctor, one. Um, but two, you shouldn't have, I don't feel you should have to continue education for another three, four or five years just to be able to manage, right? Like it's not, I don't, I personally don't like that. I, I like to know that research um, can be a pathway, especially, you know, if you go through, uh, if you were to go through an academy or if you were just to go through experience, right, uh, from an opportunity that you get from a job that you had. Um, I like knowing that, you know, you can still, you know, have a job, utilize your skill set and then, you know, get into sub, like Dan said, sub by position, have your own site, you know, while you're investing in yourself, investing in your family and not having to reinvest in separate education, like school, like years and years and extra time of school, you know, it's difficult, especially if you have a family. And so I hope that one of the things that LICR can do is really bring more awareness to this option, this pathway, um, because you can still have the patient exposure. You can still do what you love to do and got educated for. You're just learning a little bit more about how far that can span, you know? Definitely. Yeah, but um, I think that's really great. And I hope you continue to grow in this field and also utilizing your translation skills to, you know, who knows, uh, play a part in, you know, the stuff that we're talking about with ICFs, right? I mean, we need more and more physicians to... Um, to be out there and, and talking about this and making awareness of this in the industry. So yeah, I just wanted to make, make sure I said that, right. Cause it's, I yeah. think it's important. It's a great point. Yes. Yeah. And, you have, and you have two great uh, um, points on your benefit, which is you're a doctor and you speak Spanish. So, I mean, <laughs> <Perfecto>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely. This is, this is just uh, something uh, that I, I mean, I want this video to be distributed everywhere <laughs> yeah. because there are so many, really so many doctors out there that they are doing something uh, probably not even in, in healthcare and yes. it's talking something yes. they don't feel passion for. And and it's just, I mean, for me, it's, it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say sad, but it's kind of like a waste. All those years of experience, of education being... Uh, knowledge and it's a, such a privilege to be a doctor and and just having doing something like I don't know maybe driving a bus or who knows right <laughs> we want all of them yeah. here in research yeah. we need you <laughs> yeah yes. and I, I think from like my experience working with a bunch of monitors who are foreign medical um, doctors I think they're the best monitors in clinical research when I've worked with them they understand the protocol they understand the condition they can answer a bunch of questions they're very detailed I love working with those that have that um, cause a lot of times, you know, they come from somewhere else and then they didn't pursue, um, medical school here or whatever you have to do to do that. And so they become monitors. So, yeah. That's, that's and, and I think also that they make great coordinators or yes, owners. Definitely. Yeah. Anything owners, in that management. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the, uh, a lot, there was a lot of, uh, people at the hospital, a lot of coordinators in, in particular were, that were foreign doctors. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot. Wow. And they're really, um, I'm not going to say they look for, they don't look for that, but if, if they do, you know, if you do have that experience, I think it makes, it does make it a little bit easier um, to be, to become a coordinator. Mm-hmm. So and, and being a coordinator is a great, I, that was something that I was considering as well, um, going down the, being a, a research coordinator. 
Um, but just, you know, I, ha- I happen to just get this opportunity. So, you know, I, I had to, you know, take that. Um, but sure. otherwise, I, I would have been a research co- uh, a study coordinator. Yeah. Um, I did get offers for, for study coordinator at, at the hospital. But um, yeah, they came a little late. <laughs> <I already Yeah. laughs> Well, now you're LinkedIn famous. You get offers from everywhere, I imagine. Yeah, I, I do get offers. I I get offers. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and only awesome. what like not even twelve months later, you go from like complete opposite ends yeah, of the. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's these are all really good points that you guys make. I mean, if I mean in my case, it's just it really aligned with my goals. I I really value my work life balance, right, and spending time with my family. Um, so I, I, I saw that clinical research aligned with that, with what I, what my interests are. And, um, I, I do feel that I'm, my knowledge is being utilized within research, right? I really do feel, um, you know, I feel comfortable. I, I feel, um, that I'm being challenged on, on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. But, but I think you are, you are in the point where you are right now, because you made, you created your own opportunity you mm-hmm. create it, uh, you actually work for it and, and follow uh, the um, suggestions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that's why you're here. I mean, in yeah. short t- time, if we compare with somebody that probably has a bachelor's here in the United States, they have been trying to get into the industry, but they never do because they don't uh, probably... Um, uh, make the the or, or go in the direction uh, that should be to to take you where you want to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you just persist doing the same thing over and over again, and and if you don't change what you do, you don't get different results. Exactly. So, and yeah. it takes work to 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 make that change, right? You got to put the effort in, just like Marcel did all those various things he did, and you can get into the industry. You just got to put that work into it and do what you got to do. <laughs> 100%. Thank you. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see where you're going to go and, you know, where all this is going to take you. And I do think that, you know, uh, definitely a re-interviewing more specifically, like what Dan had mentioned, would be really good. Um, I do think that there's something untapped as far as uh, touching base with, with uh, foreign medical doctors. I think that that would really be something huge that, you know, we need to try and also focus on because um, if we can support and provide the resource of of that as well, that would be, you know, something that we can help change within the industry too. Right. So yeah, most definitely. I see Monica writing down for exactly what Marcel just went over. We need to come put that together in a video. Yeah, But to be honest, we actually have in the CRC Academy, we, I will say that at least 60 to 70% of the students that we have are foreign doctors. And Mm -hmm. and it makes me really happy Mm -hmm. to see uh, that we're, we're helping somehow uh, people to to put in uh, to use to um, that absolutely amazing knowledge like I was saying it's a privilege to be a doctor so it will be a waste just not to to utilize those um, here's a knowledge uh, uh-huh exactly so um, I mean uh, you, you can do it you can go the free road watching dance videos or you can do it through the academies 
sure well i think we are uh coming to uh our time very shortly uh do we have any other questions i do have here just some remarks saying definitely thank you for sharing your story it was such a great story hearing your career path um but yeah if, if y'all have any questions please shoot them here on the side before we we close out um but for the most part, you guys, uh, I do want to thank y'all for showing up today. And Marcel, more specifically, it's it's really great having you on here. I did mention a long time ago that I would very much love to interview you. So this yes. is awesome <laughs> that, you know, uh, Monica and Dan said that you were going to be interviewed. So it's really great uh, catching oh, yeah, we up. Had and, to, we had to do it. For sure. <laughs> for sure. And and he's going to get more interviews now, one with Dan and one with me in Spanish. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. There you go. There you go. L-I-C-R Spanish. We're you, yeah, uh -huh. we're going to keep you busy. But that's awesome. Great. So, no, that's great. Sure. So I, so far, nobody has been commented yet. So we'll go ahead and close it out here now, you guys. I don't know, Dan, Monica, Judy, uh, Chris, did y'all have anything you wanted to say before we close it out? No, I just want to thank you for your time, Marcel. It was nice to get to know you. Thanks well, for sharing. Uh, thank you. Thank Sorry. you so much. Thank, <laughs> yes, thank you yes, guys thank for you. actually um, having me on and having me share my story with you guys. And I, I hope that somebody out there will get some benefit from hearing, um, you know, my path. And uh, I'm pretty confident that there's going to be people, other IMGs that, you know, are maybe, you know, thinking about breaking into research. Um, you know, now is a great time to do it. And um, there's many different ways of getting in different pathways. I'm just sharing my my path, my experience. And I, you know, I'm hoping maybe that will um, benefit somebody, hopefully. For I sure. am very glad that you mentioned sure. that it's not only yeah. one path because everybody has the same uh, yeah. path in mind. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. Yeah. I, this is, I hope that this, you guys, if you can please share this once we post it, make it go viral. We want to make sure that we can touch as many people as possible with this information. Um, but thank you again so much, Marcel. We really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to seeing the other recordings. Thank you, guys. So, thank you. Thank, thank you, guys. everybody, thank for you. watching. And Marcel, I'll message you on LinkedIn right okay. now. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.